0: but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy Pet Boss stories around the campfire. Hey friends, I'm back with another Pet Boss Club member feature and discussion about running a service-based pet business. You're going to really enjoy this episode as Corey McCusker the founder and owner of Mutts with Manners in Ontario, Canada, joins me today. She shares how networking, content creation, and some creative recruitment strategies have helped her grow her dog daycare, grooming, and training business. I'm gonna keep this intro short because I wanna give you as much time as we can to this outstanding episode. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a Pet Business Coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. So my special guest today is Corey McCusker from Mutts with Manners, and she's a Pet Boss Club member. Thank you so much, Corey, for being here. Thanks for having me, Candice. So we wanted to have you on our show because a lot of times people say to me, you only help retailers. <laughs> you only feature, you talk so much about product and retail and inventory, and you are a pet boss that doesn't just offer you. Do you have a little bit of retail maybe? The only retail I have
1: are leather leashes for my training clients. There you go. Leather
0: leashes for training classes. (laughs) Other than that, you offer grooming and daycare and training so many of the services. So for those listeners who were waiting for this guest episode and a service provider, you now have your chance to get to talk to one of the best. So Corey, tell us a little bit about Mutts with Manners and what you Mm -hmm. offer. Okay, so we are currently a Bricks and Mortar.
1: Uh, We have a 3,000 square foot facility, and we have changed it from being known as a doggy daycare grooming center to being a canine academy. And we do offer the daycare, and we've actually introduced the day school, where we have the training also available to any of the daycare clients or new people that want to come and have us do the training. I am a dog trainer by passion and that's where the dog obedience, we have a number of classes and some specialty classes. And then we have the grooming. Those are the three services that we offer. I mean, we, we've kind of, we're evolving because we're fairly new as a bricks and mortar since
0: 2019. Okay. At Muzzle Manners, how many team members do you currently have?
1: We currently have nine. Mm-hmm. We are fortunate because I'm all about education, not just for K9, I'm also education for any of my team members or people that come to us. So we are fortunate enough to be recognized as one of the co-op placements in our, our area. So I am fortunate that I'm getting about two to four co-op students each semester.
0: I know here we have trade schools, like a high school Mm -hmm. program, a trade school, and they might get partnered with a local business to be put on a a working track, but they get like real on the job experience. And sometimes that company might offer them a job later. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a good recruitment tool for different trades and industries to help train the skills for the workforce Mm -hmm. that they need. But I'd love to hear what it's like for you, this co-op placement. So it's very
1: similar. We have gotten the ones that they're not paid so it's a benefit to us Mm -hmm. and they have an interest in going into the field of pet services or veterinarians or you know um, vet technicians so they will come to us I work very closely with the teachers and one of the things if I do get a co-op student it is about a work experience so I do treat them like an employee I do ongoing feedback uh, reviews. We have regular meetings with the teachers. They have to submit what they're learning. I also provide them with similar training that for my staff. So we have the e-learning dog gurus uh, is one of the ones that we use. And I think that's how you and I connected from one of their conferences. So they get really hands-on experience working with the dogs and also working in a team environment and in a real workplace environment. And I will say it's probably one of the best things I've done because it's where I've been getting my staff from. Mm. So I've actually just hired three co-op students because two of my team members are deciding to move on and move away. So, you know, you invest the time in training them and why not hire them if they're good. Right, so right, right. it's been, it's been the best thing I've done.
0: And are these um, what we, I guess, you know, what we call high school kids, yeah. or college kids. Okay. I so love this. It,
1: Yeah. They're uh, like in ours, they're usually, I don't know how it works in the States, but they're probably two years before they would go to college or university. But I just had one. Sometimes the kids don't do well in school, so Mm -hmm. they need to do more co-ops. So I've just Mm -hmm. had one that was in her final year of high school and we wanted to hire her and the growth and development that we saw just in yeah. she did two placements with us. It was just so rewarding to see. And now I have a great, and I'm going to hope a lifetime employee.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we kind of accidentally hit on this point <laughs> because, you know, finding a team is so hard and challenging right now, not just for the pet industry, but every single industry everywhere, everywhere. And so when we have to think about, maybe some really amazing opportunities are our high schools and really Mm -hmm. getting involved with the local community and finding ways like this to build skills and potentially find your next employees. Exactly. They even show people that this, this career path is even possible, right? You know, a lot of people Mm -hmm. think about becoming into pet care by becoming a veterinarian or a vet technician. And, you know, that requires a lot of schooling. They maybe haven't thought about being a dog groomer or a pet sitter or a dog trainer or doggy daycare manager, mm-hmm. right? That they yeah. maybe didn't even know that that job existed. So by us as pet businesses, going to the job fairs or connecting at the high school and college level in our local community, it really can help us. Okay. So you've got this awesome business. That's still really kind of a young business. It's growing and expanding. How did this business come about? You know, I know you didn't see, you didn't know that this uh, pandemic was coming. But- <laughs> you would have never
1: been able to convince me like, 10 years ago that I'd be doing this for a living. But I've always had a passion for pups. I've always had animals my whole life. I went into right out of school, I went into the banking world, the corporate world, and was there for 22 years. In my free time, I was always rescuing or having dogs or volunteering at the OSPCA, which is our Ontario organization, or the Humane Society and I got to the, let's say near the end of my career, 20 years or so. And I I was burnt out. I was, you know, working tens of hours and I knew I wanted to move on. Did I know what I wanted to do? No. Um, I've always been a manager or coach or mentor in the corporate world. And when I left in 2006, I was fortunate enough to get a package. So I had some financial support and I started a coaching business, which ended up being a mental performance coaching business that evolved into working with young athletes between the ages, usually of 13 or 17 or executives on their mental performance. But I was still rescuing dogs and I had moved out of the city and I got some great Danes, or I got one at a time, and they had some issues. So I ended up hiring trainers, even working with a behavioralist, and she had a program for a dog instructor. So I took the program, not ever thinking this is what I was gonna do. It's just why pay them if I can learn it myself. So I ended up starting mutts with Manners and as a something to do while I was starting my coaching business because I Wasn't structured anymore. I didn't have those, you know, long hours at the bank. I was like getting up in the morning and not knowing what to do. So I actually took a part time job at a vet clinic that was mornings only and it was um, for uh, kennel help vet assistant. And I thought, well, I love that I always want to be a vet didn't want to do the schooling. And I started there and the first day, well, first I applied and they got my resume and phoned me and said, thanks very much, but we can't afford you. And then I'm like, phoned them back. And I said, no, this is like volunteer work for me. I said, I'm not looking for the paycheck right now. I'm looking for the experience. So they did take a chance and hire me. And on the first day, one of the vets came and talked to me and said, you know, I saw on your thing that you were a dog trainer. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's just for my own personal interest. And he says, well, why don't you be our dog trainer? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, why don't we set you up? We want to be a one-stop shop. So we started Mutt's with Manners at their facility. They built me a huge outdoor place that I ended up uh, doing outdoor training. I used their indoor facility, which was small, but you could still make it work. And I did it when they were closed. So it was mostly Sundays or evenings. And then we got the idea of, working with kids because I was working with kids and I was dealing with anxiety, depression, and I always knew that the dogs helped them. So we actually started a kids in canine program, a camp where they could bring their dogs. And it was so rewarding because these kids that were coming were shy, timid, some were mildly autistic and they were able to go to camp for the first time because they could go with their best friend and their dog gave them so much confidence. And then what our program we did, it just it was just really rewarding. And um, yeah, so it just evolves everything. You know, you get an idea and you got to run with it. You got to see what happens. And, and that's how it really came about. The bricks and mortar uh, ended up because in 2016, the vets were going to relocate. Their property was a very hot property that the commercial industry wanted. So they were going to move and they told me they didn't have space for me. So I had to decide, do I continue with the training or do I just focus on my mental performance coaching? And I just couldn't give up dog training because I saw one, how I was helping owners with their dogs, the kids program and everything. So I said, go big or go home and started the journey of figuring out how to open a bricks and mortar, which I had no clue. I was just, I'm a person just from, I think my bank experience where you network, you go and talk to people. So I talked to the town to find about, about zoning. I ended up going to our small business center for our region and found out they had a program that they would walk you through over six months, how to develop a business plan and give you a government grant. Very small one, but it still was helpful. So Mm -hmm. I just went out and just figured, I went to meet other people. I took courses just on how to do, like how to open a business. And the thing is, if you have an idea and you're passionate about it, the answers pop up like you find your people that you need, you find who you need to help. And as long as you keep that vision and you keep going and you're resilient, and as you said, pivot, then you know what, it can all come together. It's not easy, but it's, if you're passionate about it, I think it, it can happen for sure. Well, I'm proof it can happen.
0: <laughs> yes. proof it Can happen. You said a few things I really loved there. One of the things that you mentioned was that this company wasn't going to hire you because they said that you're out of their pay range, or they either assumed it, or maybe your request for it was higher, right? We, as a former employer, we would see that on applications, they come in and the request for hourly rate is way higher than what this industry can actually support. Um, It doesn't mean that person's not willing to come down to what we can afford, but um, that might be what they just are aware of. Then um, on the flip side, a lot of Business owners, we don't hire the person who's looking for a career change or who maybe, like you said, is going to volunteer their time because we think we're going to invest all this time and energy in this person and then they're going to leave or they're going to start their own. Like they're only here to do this, to investigate our business, to do their own. Like we tell ourselves those stories Mm -hmm. about what could happen. But what happened for you is that you really became a important piece of this veterinary business's service. Mm -hmm. offerings. Right. Mm -hmm. And it ended up working out in a really positive way. So I encourage our listeners to just think about that, to maybe give opportunities to people that are applying that wouldn't necessarily be the person you'd always go to first, but to, to kind of give them a chance and see how it could work out.
1: You know, and Candace, I just want to add to that because recently another situation came about where I'm sure the listeners can relate. You can relate. One of the biggest challenges is staffing. I mean, I run this dog business, whether it's for my training, where I need more, I would love to be doing training 12 hours a day, but I'm running the daycare and the grooming and managing my staff and I'm, I can get burnt out easily. So it's, um, I'm always making sure I'm making connections and, with my colleagues in the area and building, not, they're not competitors. There's more than enough dogs to go around. So I've, I've you know, connected, especially during uh, the pandemic and I had needed a staff member because one of my staff left unexpectedly and I reached out to her and said, I know you're hiring right now. Do you have any applicants that would be able, you know, that you think might be a good fit for us, whether it's training or daycare. And she came back and said, yes, there is one. Now she was called, um, a female name like that, her business. So she's like, it's a guy. I can't, I can't hire him, which I was like, okay, you can't say that. (laughs) Um, so anyhow, she said he, he was new to the country. He had some training background, but he wanted a certain amount of money per hour. And I said, well, I'll meet with him. So I met with him and his English was great. And that wasn't even a concern for me. And what I have done or learned to do is I want to see them working with the dogs. I want to see, can they do it? Okay. You say you have training background, you you want to work with the dog. So I've set up a trial days where I do pay them but it could be three hours. It could be a full day. And there's a contract I have with them that you're coming in and it's a trial day. And I want to see how are they, what's their personality? How do they get along with my staff? How do they handle the dogs? And when I do that, I always do it at minimum wage. I'm starting off. I want to just see. And then if it goes well, I sit down, I say, okay, you know what? I think you're a good candidate. And this person I did, but I don't think they have the training background that my expectations. And I said, if you want this job, then here's where we're starting and we'll review it. And sometimes we do a three month probation. I've learned from experience, especially with dogs, it may take longer depending on what your business is. So I've actually extended my probation to a six month, just because I want to give that time for me to make the decision and see if they're going to be a good fit. So those are just some of the things, but this person I ended up hiring, I didn't pay them the pay. I will maybe get up to that, but they weren't as experienced as they said, but they are thrilled to be working with us. And, you know, it's ongoing the providing the support. So I think two things I've done is that trial day really gives me an idea of what they're going to be like in our environment. And then sometimes if you're not sure, just extending that probationary period too.
0: All great tips. Thank you. Some other things I want to have you share with our listeners are things I've noticed about your pet business. Even though you have a brick and mortar, you still really understand that you have to have a digital presence and create content for the internet. And so, you know, you're a Pet Boss Club member. I I see you um, doing these things. You attend our workshops. I see you putting ideas into action. But there are three big pieces. And I'd love for you to kind of break these down for us and and either why they're important to you, what you've come through to make these things happen for yourself and how they've supported your business. But this is that you do live video. More recently, I've seen, you know, you can just jump on a quick little story. They're not long. It's just putting some, getting something out there, right? Feeding the social media machine, (laughs) but some live video giving updates. Then you also have a blog and you have a podcast, Just tell us more about why having that digital presence is so important to you.
1: Well, I have to give you credit for the Facebook live (laughs) and stuff because you encourage us in some of the workshops. So for my business, I really want to be a leader in our area in the industry. And as I said, it's a canine academy and I'm all about education, whether it's people or dogs. And so we have always had the blogs because we knew that in order to be reaching out to our clients is I need it to just not promote our classes. I'm not going to shove my, you know, okay, do this, do that. I want it to make sure that we were providing content. So we had started with a blog, um, and that's where we all began. Then uh, the pandemic actually hit, and that's what encouraged me to start doing more podcast. And I was thinking, and, and even our clients, when we're in classes, I would hear them say, Oh yeah, I'm listening to that podcast. I'm listening. So my, my audience had changed and they may not read it where some generations, maybe they're a go-to read. And then now the, I'm not going to say younger generation, but it's podcasts are much more common. I mean, they're more common than sometimes people listening to a radio station. So I said, you know what, this is a great way for us to change the way we're delivering information. So we started, um, Just with the pandemic, we started with a whole puppy program because everybody got puppies during the pandemic, and they were all for a lot of them were first time. So we started a whole puppy series, and that's what we did. and And it's evolving. I have somebody that helps me with the podcast. I have another one of my teammates that's very passionate about education. She works in the rescues, so we would have guest speakers on, similar to what you're doing. And then what we've done now, I have also a virtual assistant. She we've decided what we'll do first is we'll do the podcast and then we'll take that and make it a blog Mm, before we were taking the blogs and making them podcasts. Now we said, you know what, let's give more if people want to listen to it. Um, So it's evolved. The live video came into play because somebody made me do well you were talking about it. and then one day we had a storm yeah. just recently yeah. that trees yes. were knocked down and everything it was like a tornado went through and that's not something that happens right in, in Canada in our area and I thought you know what a great opportunity for us to just get out there and talk about how to prepare and, and because a lot of people weren't prepared for right. it so right. sometimes it can be the live video can be something that's really quick and easy in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I have been avoiding live video for years. I've been avoiding video period because it's like, oh, I don't look good. Oh, I'm not. You know what? I want to. Oh, maybe if I lose 40 pounds, right. then we'll do it. Right. And I've realized it doesn't matter. They don't care. Right. They just want the information. It's all right. like, let it go. Yeah. So I'm still exploring next next
0: month in the pet boss club. We're focusing on camera confidence. Okay. (laughs) And, and you know what too, it's,
1: um, I, I love speaking. I mean, I have no problem. I I love training in front of people, and that so that's not the issue. I had to get rid of you know the camera confidence. Let's mm-hmm. just say how. Yeah. So that I think giving content to my clients also, even though I'm a bricks and mortar, um, the hashtags, all of that stuff. I've gotten a lot of clients who follow our Instagram or on the Facebook, and so I know it's a definite important marketing mm-hmm. piece. And I just want to make sure, I mean, I'm not, maybe I'll be an influencer one day, but that's again, what I would like to be, but there's all these people out there that are influencers. And, and I talk about my kids in canine program too. Um, there's a way for us to even get messages out there if they've got a dog and they're working with a dog just to build confidence. So yeah, there's so much you can do with it. And I do follow your marketing planner. That's been huge help to me. Because again, coming up with the content isn't always easy. Or What are you going to do? And, and I do try to post every single day. And that's been a challenge for me lately mm-hmm. because I did have one of my team members that did it for me and she's gone now. So it all fell back on my plate and it's like, you still got to do it. And there's where you provide us with so many tools and so many templates that it's like, mm-hmm. okay, if I don't have something today, I'll go in and yeah, look at yeah. what, it, what did Candace do for this month? Okay, let's pop it up. So yeah.
0: I love that you are thinking about your business still in a a very digital space to support your local business. And one of the things you can and should absolutely do is think about how you're going to repurpose all that content, right? So it is, what's great is taking the podcast, which- Right now, this podcast that we are recording, we're doing it through Zoom. So we also have video attached to it. Now, I'm not always camera ready for these podcasts, <laughs> but because that was the whole fun of it was that, oh, it's a podcast. I don't have to do video. But you could even take these video files of the recording of your podcast and throw it onto YouTube and build a YouTube channel. You can take these videos from your podcast and load them up as a pre recorded video onto your Facebook page. You can take the video and embed it on a blog for the full video experience on your blog. And then you can take these videos and audio files and turn them into transcripts and load them. Like there's software out there. There's one software I love. I don't know if you've heard about this one yet, but I love a software called Descript. Descript allows you to take these video files And pretty much instantly, you will get a transcript and the video and the text, and you can format it and change it up really cool and repurpose it in in lots of different ways. So that you're taking this one piece of content, this podcast, repurposing it in lots of places. And then even your weekly newsletter says, hey, we just have a new blog or a podcast, however you want to consume it. And then one thing that you did, and I think that I can see it all coming together now is that because of that tornado that came through or that preparedness plan, You had your video of you and your dog walking across the tree that had fallen (laughs) down and you're like, oh my gosh, this has happened. Or were you prepared or are you prepared? Go check out our blog Mm -hmm. that has the list of how to get prepared. Right. And then you go to that. And so I click on the link and I'm always at the blog. And now, you know, the blog could lead to a podcast or have a coupon on it to come in the store. Right. I mean, there's lots of ways that all of this can overlap. Yeah. And just to add to that too, with any of our
1: Facebook, we post on Facebook too a lot. Um, We have researched or looked for the groups, like we know our target market. So we share everything with about 30 different Facebook groups. Um, And then we'll look, well, I don't look at it, but one of my virtual assistants will look and say, okay, are they Accepting it, are they not? And then we'll even, you know, constantly be looking for new groups. And we just went through that recently to say, okay, you know what? I think we're missing an opportunity here. So, yeah, um, it's making sure you get that information out.
0: I also, since you've mentioned it twice, virtual assistants. Um, we yes. You have a podcast about how to find a virtual assistant and a blog post about it. So I will link to those in the show notes. Great. Which all of you guys, you can get any of the resources we've talked about today at our show notes at pepboss.com forward slash episode 26. All right, cool. So you have these amazing experiences and classes. Uh, You've kind of touched on the kids camp. I'd like to hear more about the different types of classes and events that you have. So our
1: classes had started out with just kind of puppy obedience. And um, what we've done is I'm, I just brought on another trainer. Uh, So I have three trainers that support me. I have another, I actually started a dog training, instructor program to generate revenue and you know bring on new trainers too so my classes are uh, the puppy obedience we actually have a puppy agility We kind of just introduced another level where we have them working, you know, a little bit off leash and that too. Then we have, you know, your basic, if they haven't had any training and they're a little bit older, the basic intermediate and advanced that we will help them with. And then we have developed some specialty classes. So I have a new Pop, well, she's been with me for a year, but I'm out there exploring what are other people doing and I've taken some clinics so I've introduced you know a leash walking clinic. Uh, we have our fun with agility we're fortunate enough that we when I had the vet clinic we had outdoor space so we could run our agility and our kids camp. I was fortunate enough in my community I was playing hockey in that and one of our peers had. Um, a petting farm nearby and I you know said can we get some space from you and she's like of course so we ended up getting better outdoor space than we had and we're running our agility there we're running a few levels of that Um, we've got the kids camp where we're adding in the petting farm And, and this is how when you connect with your community and if you have ideas like people will support you like that's again it's amazing the support we've gotten we have introduced our scenting classes because one of our instructors really had a passion for different things. So she went out and did the scenting and became certified to teach the classes. We've introduced doga, which is yoga with your dog. That was a good success before the pandemic. People are still a little bit hesitant, but again, and we have to do a little bit more marketing, some Facebook lives around that too, to just educate people on what it is. So we are constantly evolving. I also have been involved with St. John's Ambulance Dog Therapy Program, where people are uh, certified to take their dogs into retirement homes and that, and I've become an evaluator for them. And- I wanted, people were always approaching me saying, well, how do I prepare for the evaluation? So I've introduced a community canine program to help people prepare for the test. So again, it's, you have ideas, you can always create something. And again, we're, we've got many, many more ideas, but we just have to, you know, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. So
0: one of the things I saw on your website was the, see what she can do women and dog circle. What's yes. Yes.
1: So I, one of the women that took our agility classes had co-founded an organization called See What She Can Do. And it's about getting women active. So they had developed what they called the women's circles. So they had one for coaches, sports coaches that were working with women, Paralympics, they were also working with. And then they wanted, because they were dog lovers, they wanted to do something with dogs. So they approached me and asked if I would host it. And I'm like, sure. So it was during the pandemic. So we started off with just doing virtual circles into like I was bringing on guests uh, for them and then we were growing. it. I think we have 150 members now. And then when we got to a point that we could go out comfortably, we started the hikes. So we do a hike once a month. We, We have a bunch of forest around. The towns have got on board and are supporting us too. So it's a community thing. The other thing is part of my passion too, is to give back to the community. So it's a way that I can give back and connect with women in the community. So that's been a, it's been a really good success. We just had a walk last Saturday morning, and I think we had about 15 women and their dogs. And I'm also referring my clients. If they're trying to work with the dogs on leash, I said, you know what, come out.
0: Love it. So one of the questions I get a lot from business owners is either a, how do I find customers? That's like people who are just starting out. Usually, how do I find them? And then once they've gotten, you know, gotten the customers now, it's hard to find a team right. And Mm -hmm. deal or deal with team, you know, how to, how to mentor and coach team. And then once you have the team and your business is really growing, it's just hard to juggle all of the stuff. So you've talked a lot about how to find customers. I feel like already with your networking and your circles, and you've talked about being a mentor already to your team and having team meetings, maybe touch on like how we juggle all of this
1: stuff. And and you know what? It's the biggest challenge. Um, I mean, I think us that go into business, we like to be busy, I think too, but uh, juggling it is one finding key members to support you and keep you on track and keep you accountable. The other thing is, if you aren't able, if you aren't healthy and grounded, let's just say you're, you can do no service to anybody else. So I actually, the last three years has probably been the most challenging layers of my life, opening the business with many delays. Uh, even building the bricks and mortar. It took us 11 months and I was paying rent every month and it was like, okay. And then the bank, it's like, give me more money. Um, And then it was finding the clients in a pandemic. It was like, okay, now we got hit with that. And I was burnt out. And so I think if I was to give any advice is find out what you love to do in the business. And then if there's things that are consuming you like bookkeeping and administration, I think Candace, you can relate to this. I've heard you talk about it too. It's not what I want to do. And it's not I I get drained. My energy gets drained when I'm doing things that are just too much for me. So I've found key people. I've got a great bookkeeper. I have a great, I mentioned the virtual assistant. She looks after, you know, keeping me on track with, and and they all know I'm busy, pulled in many directions. I ended up hiring somebody that was semi-retired and just wanted to be working with in a dog facility and only want it 3 days a week but she could do everything so i you know I, we've just talked about transferring some of my responsibility to her she can do the scheduling she can do all of that so i'm able to either focus on some of the team or focus on training and I've just started going back to the gym. I've got a personal trainer. And do I hate every moment with her? Yes, I do. But I feel stronger. I feel better. And I'm also making sure that I give time back to my family. So we have date nights. And we have, okay, let's just not do anything. And booking that time off. Mondays are my days where I can kind of, if I want, just chill. Or I can get all my paperwork organized. And it's really carving it out. I think when we own a business, we could be working seven days, 24 hours a day. I'm sure all of you wake up and it's like, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's really making sure you're taking some time for yourself, looking at the self-care, but also surrounding yourself by whether it's mentors, like you, you've been a huge help to me. And I'm so grateful that I found, you know, I love being coached and that's where you are. Like, that's where you're my coach in the pet boss Mm -hmm. world. And And you're like, you have to have those support that they can relate to what's going on because I came from a corporate world. My banker people don't, you're like, you're doing the best thing. Oh, you play with dogs all day. Yeah. Right guys. So it's really finding the support network that you need, taking care of yourself and then making sure you give yourself some time. Many of us don't take vacations. I haven't had a vacation in three years. So that's something this summer, I've told my staff already the last week of August, I'm not going to be here. I got to go take some time. I do shut down at Christmas between Christmas and New Year's Eve. And I give all my staff that time. And I'm just like, guys, because then that's the only time I know I'm not worrying about it too. Right. So I think it's just really important that you look at what are you doing for yourself? Because we are the business. I mean, yes, your team is, but you're the one leading the business. So taking, you're the pet boss. So let making sure that you're taking care of yourself.
0: Yes. I love that. Great words of wisdom. What does bossing your business look like for you? You know, bossing the business is making sure you have the team to support
1: you, that you are supporting them and providing them with what they need and checking in with them. Like sometimes we get too busy. We forget about them. So your team members are key. And then also making sure you're providing your customers with what you want and, and looking after your customers too. So it's just about taking charge and making sure that your business is representing what you want it to be. And for me, I have very high standards professionalism and my team is key too. So I spend a lot of time making sure I'm mentoring and supporting them and checking in with them because without them too, I cannot run the business.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, Corey, thank you so much for being here today. I took all kinds of notes. Actually, I've got all these little post-it notes everywhere. (laughs) taking my own notes. I just want to thank you for sharing your experience and sharing your stories. And I know inspiring our listeners of the Boss Your Business podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much, Candice. Love being a member.
0: Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? You know, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this, will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, Stay focused, stay motivated, and go boss your business.